And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I am your host for the day, Patrick Lyons, Colorado Rockies beat reporter. Today's edition of the DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you get 20% off your entire first purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich Strava Craft Coffee. We've got some news on the docket, finally, for the Colorado Rockies. It started heating up a little bit yesterday. Drew Creaseman, our managing editor, and Michaela Perkins did a fantastic job going through some of the motions as far as what the Colorado Rockies would receive in a package for Nolan Arenado, what would possibly get the job done, why would he want to move on, what are his odds of opting out. It's a very tangled web at the moment between the Rockies and Nolan Arenado. And the rumors are continuing to heat up. At first, a few days ago, we heard some rumblings that perhaps Atlanta was interested in the eight-time Gold Glove Award winner. And then late last night, just after Michaela and Drew had recorded some rumors about the Cardinals and the Rockies having a discussion going back and forth. Again, the details, completely unclear. We've, we've heard these... Uh, rumors. We've we've heard these stories every year. It seems like it's an annual tradition around this time at some point in the offseason. And it hasn't happened yet, which bodes pretty well if you want to keep Nolan Arenado around. But of course, this isn't a normal year. COVID-19, there's a pandemic going on and fans aren't allowed into ballparks. So with $3 billion having been lost by Major League Baseball, that's essentially equivalent to $100 billion for each and every team. Now might be a really great time for the Colorado Rockies to move on from this large contract and maybe helps them reset the payroll, reset the books a little bit, invest a little bit more in other departments. We know this offseason, the analytics department moved down to just one person. I think we were down to one if, if you did the math. So reinvesting into that, I think fans would be pretty happy with. And overall, yeah, there would there would be a lot of upset Colorado Rockies fans out there. And to, to think that you wouldn't be upset if you're listening to this would be an outrage, right? That That's ridiculous. Of course, you're going to be upset. You'll be happy. I think some people will be happy for Nolan because they, they want to see him go on and do bigger and better things. He loved the fans well. The fans loved him well. And hey, wish you nothing but the best, Nolan. Go out there and, and win that World Series. But of course, at the end of the day, you're still going to be upset. You're still going to be frustrated at the organization, at, at Dick Monfort, Jeff Breidich. So we certainly understand that upset. And it might keep you away from the ballpark. But in 2021, what does that mean? If fans don't want to come to the ballpark, will there be other fans in their place that just want to go out, get outside the house, 
watch a, a live sporting event for the first time in two years? Absolutely. So if you're looking at it from a PR perspective, it is never a good time to trade a future Hall of Famer like a Nolan Arenado. It's, it's never a good time to trade a player that you just invested over $200 million in. And it doesn't send a very good message to the fan base in any way. And so you're going to be very upset if that does happen. But Monfort and the Rockies, they might not take the same financial hit that they would in a normal year and, and see attendance, you know, dip to that maybe 2,500, excuse me, 2.5 million uh, mark in attendance. So it might be a real prime time. We saw the Boston Red Sox take advantage of this last year with the shortened season and said, you know what, we might as well not go all in, but go all out. Let's, let's trade away anybody that has any value. We saw them do it with the Rockies and they were able to pick up a reliever in Jacob Wallace and say, you know what, the worse we are for just a brief 60 games and the fact that we can't get anybody in the ballpark to begin with because of the pandemic, well, guess what we're going to do? We're going to pick up the second overall pick in the 2021 MLB draft. And that was a, a pretty good chess move there for the Boston baseball club. And that could be maybe what Colorado has in mind. I don't think they're going to intentionally tank in that same way that the Red Sox did so they, they could go all the way down to maybe the second pick overall. Dick Monfort doesn't really operate that way. He still wants a competitive team on the field, and I think you would still see that. But it would really a lot of it would depend on what players the Cardinals get back in this, uh, rather what what players the Cardinals would give up in this kind of a trade. And you think back to a couple of years ago in the 17-18 offseason when Giancarlo Stanton was traded to the Cardinals, and sure he 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 used that no trade clause and said. No, I don't. I don't want to go to St. Louis. I'm. I'm. I'm hoping to play with with my hometown Dodgers. It didn't work. He was traded to the Yankees and said, "Okay, yeah, I can make that work." The one interesting coincidence is that his agent Joel Wolf, also the agent of Nolan Arenado. So I think Arenado would probably be a lot more open to going to a situation like St. Louis, playing across the diamond with a, a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, uh, as well as a lot of their young players that they always have coming up through their system. So. One of, the, one of the players that can come back for Colorado, and, and keep in mind, trading Nolan Arenado is not good for numerous reasons. But if the Rockies finish in fourth place in the NL West the last two years with Nolan Arenado, without him, they're not going to do that much worse, right? So maybe if you bring back the right little package of players and you start to get active this offseason uh, with a couple free agents on a one- or two-year deal, you might be able to catch lightning in a box. And, and salvage something, especially if there's expanded playoffs, can you make that eighth seed in the National League? You know, the Miami Marlins were able to get it done even after sitting out for over a week uh, with, with COVID-related injuries, quote-unquote. So I, I think depending on the players that come back, well, we have a guest on that that knows a little bit about the situation with Cardinals prospects, but Major League, at the Major League level, Cardinals do have a couple guys that are on, you know, less than team friendly deals. Miles Michaelis, uh, he just recently resigned for three years, $47 million. Matt Carpenter has got one year, $20.5 million. And former Colorado Rocky and fan favorite, Dexter Fowler, one year, $14.5 million right now on the books for the Cardinals. Now, all three of those guys do have a no trade clause, so they would have to approve it. You'd like to think if Dexter Fowler was maybe in a deal for Nolan Arenado, 
he'd be absolutely fine with coming back here and, and playing for a season. Uh, you get that that bat at the at the top of the order that you think you might need. Certainly, maybe at least in the front part of the order, he can patrol center field still really well, even though he's in his uh, his mid thirties on the wrong side of thirty years old. But again, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and you say, "All right, well, we're still upset about Nolan Arenado. We're still upset about our Hall of Famer getting dealt, but nevertheless, pretty happy about this Hall. You get Dexter Fowler for the 2021 season." Maybe you're able to get a couple of prospects and really that money that you save can turn into something else. We talked about it on Wednesday with Thomas Harding that when the Rockies and Cardinals made a trade for another Hall of Famer, gentleman by the name of Larry Walker, you may have heard of him. Well, that deal ultimately freed up a lot of money for the Colorado Rockies. And because of that additional money that was freed up, they were able to go out and take Dexter Fowler coincidentally enough, I believe in about the 14th round, they paid him well over slot, $300,000, something like that, to coax him away from uh, going to college. And maybe something like that can happen again. And really, it's not just the trade for Nolan Arenado, but it's what happens after that. So still a lot to to, to happen. Uh, we'll believe it when we see it. But if and when it goes down, you know, DNVR Rockies will have that coverage for you. If Nolan Arenado does finally get traded after the one billionth, I think I think we're we're getting close to the one billion mark. It, it's roughly nine hundred million something. Um, I, I'd have to go do the math on that. We we could be up to a billion different rumors. Also, Daniel Murphy announced his retirement today after twelve seasons and and just under fifteen hundred games. Finishes with a lifetime two ninety six career average, fifteen hundred plus hits. He, of course, finished second in NL MVP voting in 2016, was also the 2015 NLCS MVP with the Mets. Every time he came up, it seemed like he was going to hit a home run. He had eight during that uh, postseason of, of 25 games, three-time All-Star, uh, 371 doubles, 138 home runs. Unfortunately for Colorado Rockies fans, they might remember him more as the guy that prevented DJ LeMahieu from coming back. That's not true. That that that's really not fair to Daniel Murphy. I I think, you know, LeMahieu had an opportunity to come back. It wasn't at the right price. It's it's somewhat complicated, but I think very simply, a lot of folks see it as well. You know what? DJ LeMahieu didn't come back, second baseman, and they did sign Daniel Murphy, a second baseman, who then moved over the first base, and Ryan McMahon moved off of first base to play some second base. And you go, man, that was one of the worst moves in franchise history and there's there's been some bad ones like like all teams have but um you know daniel murphy had a, had a really good career for the mets nationals you know didn't work out so well in colorado i i myself for one did think that it was going to work out i i thought him uh you know being a doubles machine and and everything with with launch angle and all that would you know maybe maybe get passed down to to an ian desmond some of the younger guys as you know, Murphy was very much uh, part of that launch angle movement in the mid 2010s, along with Mets hitting coach Kevin Long, and so his career wraps up. Which uh, fun fact makes it now makes Oliver Perez, he's still alive and kicking, 41 years old maybe. He's a lefty, so lefty relievers play a long time in this game. But Oliver Perez now becomes the last active Mets player to suit up at Shea Stadium, which finally closes doors in 2008. 
Some other Rockies news, MLB Pipeline, they announced their top 100 prospects and only one Colorado Rocky on that list. That would be Zach Veen. Now, of course, that, that can be disappointing from Rockies fans, but again, uh, having you know missed rather wildly with, with Riley Pint, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. We will see what happens, but right now, uh, his trajectory and growth certainly has not been what the Rockies would have liked when they had you know the fourth overall pick there in 2016 and 2017. They didn't have a pick because they had signed Ian Desmond, so they uh, they ended up cashing in their their 11th overall pick. That's how it works with qualifying offers. So those two drafts alone, they've got nothing for their first round pick and their second round picks. Um, you know, not really much came of it. So. I think you got some guys that are further away, and and of course this off season before we we get going to opening day, we'll talk a lot more about those prospects. Um, but it, you know it doesn't look really well uh, for for those guys. And when I say it doesn't look well, it doesn't look well when compared to the other twenty nine teams. There's a, there's going to be guys in the mix when when you look at the Rockies top thirty prospects that are going to end up doing some some big things. And that end up, you know, having some solid careers and, and contributes and, you know, might even be a part of a, a Rockies run here in a couple of years. But as a whole, there, there does seem to lack depth. And, and when compared to those other teams, you know, there's some evidence, these, these prospect pundits, you know, they, they do know what they're doing. They're not right every time, but when they're looking at a big picture, you can figure that out. Go back and look in 2013, 2014, even 2015, where Baseball America in their prospect handbook, where do they have the Colorado Rockies? They had them pretty high. They had them pretty high, which really was was boding very well for them in the next couple of years. And we saw that 2017, 2018, a very young club went to back-to-back playoffs, the first time in franchise history, postseason performances there. And a lot of that had to do with how well they drafted and developed. And you saw that reflected in their prospect rankings. So a uh, little bit of a disappointment. Uh, Keith Law is another great prospect pundit out there. He did have Ryan Rawlson in the back of his top 100. That was uh, earlier in the week. So, uh, And Brendan Rodgers, while he hasn't had the normal at-bats for a rookie, so uh, in some ways he does have that prospect status uh, depending on the, on the source, uh, but he's been on a major league roster, injured, but he's been on a major league roster for over a year now at this point. So. Um, not not a not a true prospect at that point. He's he's a lost boy, uh, as uh, as it's been phrased by our guy Drew Creaseman. Go in, and check out his article about the young players that are on this team and in the system who have yet to really make a name for themselves. They're not prospects. You're not going to see them on a top 100 list, and you might be down about the Rockies' chances in the next couple of years. But right now, the roster is littered with players who are trying to make that name for themselves and still have some developing to go. And if it does eventually click for those guys you could see colorado go back to that postseason uh as for david asking about michael toglia he was ranked as one of the top first base prospects in the game has a fantastic glove over there can play a little bit of an outfield so you you would like to hope maybe oh wait a minute can play first base he can play outfield is michael toglia the rockies version of cody bellinger i don't know about that just yet uh does have that uh, pedigree from from UCLA uh, was was their first pick, twenty second overall in uh, twenty nineteen, and so haven't seen a full season out of Toglia. We're really looking forward to that here at DNVR Rockies. And final two pieces of information: Jock Peterson signed with the Chicago Cubs today. 
a nice little one-year deal for, I believe, about $7 million. He's a fourth Dodgers player this offseason to go elsewhere after Alex Wood signed with the Giants, Kike Hernandez with Boston, and Pedro Baez with the Houston Astros. Right now, only Justin Turner and Rockies fan favorite, Jake McGee. Still a free agent out there. Still available for anybody. And last but not least, some some good news, right? There's, there's, there's always good news. There's always a good slant that you could put on some things. Ken Griffey Jr. is back. He's back. Uh, signs on for a new role within Major League Baseball as the senior advisor to Commissioner Rob Manfred. We saw it a couple weeks ago with Theo Epstein taking on somewhat of a similar role in Manfred's cabinet. And everyone loves that idea. We, we, we love the idea that, that a guy like Theo Epstein, who uh, broke a couple curses for the Red Sox and Cubs, Maybe he's able to break a bit of a curse for Major League Baseball since, you know, our sport really hasn't been the national pastime for several decades now with, with the NFL being on top and really the NBA maybe even being the second most popular sport in our nation. So Ken Griffey Jr. gets a role as a senior advisor. Uh, his job will have an emphasis on baseball operation and uh, youth baseball development, particularly regarding improving diversity at amateur levels of the game. It ties really well into the topic that we're going to be talking about today. It's a damn good topic. And we've already brought you damn good beer here at the NVR, but we're now delivering to you damn good beef. The best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country is Hassel Cattle Company, a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. Hassel Cattle Company ships some bodacious beef all over the beautiful U.S. of A straight to your door. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu. Why? Well, because it's the best damn Wagyu that every person can afford. That's why if you go to hasslecattlecompany.com and you use promo code DNVR10, you will get 10% off your order. And I should warn you, you're probably going to get some other really good deals that they're going to try to slide into your cart or let you make you aware of them that, hey, we'll also give you this for another 25% off. They are really sneaky with those ads. And guess what? It worked on me, and damn it, I feel really good that I got some Hassle beef from Hassle Cattle Company. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. And orders over $200 receive free shipping. Check them out, and you won't be disappointed. Pigskin fans, Broncos fans, guess what? The moment is finally here. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $15 million in prizes. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter the DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize of up to $25,000. I feel like that's like when you go to McDonald's and you pull the little tab off you know, at the Monopoly game and sometimes you win you know, a free burger, free fries, something like that. You're going to win some free instant prizes from DraftKings. Uh, and keep in mind, if you've got the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. So download the app now, enter free prediction challenge, answer questions like who'll score last, those fun little prediction ones, and boom, get ready to make it rain. Use DNVR for your code. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code DNVR to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize of up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code DNVR now 
and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Well, so without further ado, we've got a real special guest with us today, someone who's made history, and we're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk about her favorite team or maybe her favorite team's We'll figure that out as we go along. Nevertheless, it is my pleasure to welcome Kristen Gettner to the show. Kristen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing really well here. Friday, we got the weekend coming up. And I know this weekend, you're probably going to be writing some fantasy lineups, but it's not the typical fantasy lineups because you know, you've made history and we'll talk about the history for a second. Can you tell people what kind of lineups you're going to make and, and why it's not fantasy, that it's it's the real deal. Uh, so yeah, I manage um, a baseball team for Denver Naba and our season's starting pretty soon. Um, so I write lineups for baseball. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've you been working with the Denver Browns, which is uh, a really fantastic semi-professional team here in Denver, uh, a men's wood bat team uh, run by the great Matt Replinger, a former president of our Rocky Mountain Sabre chapter. Uh, he does some amazing things uh, with yoga all around the country and at various ballparks. He's just a great ambassador of the game, and, and I'm really glad uh, to have gotten to know him. And he, and he runs the Denver Browns, a couple other teams, Denver White Elephants, and the South Park Whooping Cranes, which is a fantastic name for a team. And he was he was looking for somebody to represent this organization of, of young men that are all about you know, 18, 19 years old. And he decided to hire you as their manager. What was your experience and your interactions like with Matt, you know, before being appointed to this position? Well, actually, um, so I've already been the manager of the Whooping Cranes for a year, and we just actually recently joined the Denver Browns organization. So I've, I was actually already their manager when we um, decided to join forces to make um, kind of like a small little organization um, in, uh, in Denver Naba. So, yeah. yep, I've been doing it already for a year. I was part of uh, the Whooping Cranes for about four seasons before that. Um, I've been their scorekeeper, and I keep all their stats and um, and whatnot. And so last season, we needed a, a new manager, and so they asked me. <laughs> and so I imagine, you know, you're, as you said, you know, statistician, doing these other things. But at the end of the day, you, you've been a coach for the last few years doing that. Now your title slightly has changed. You know, what was it like those those first couple, I, I, I want to say years, but really those first few games kind of being on the bench with these guys. And again, it's, it's a unique thing where we're thankfully, you know, having uh, women like yourself break that glass ceiling all over uh, the game of baseball, but, but take us through what that actually looks like on, on game one, when Kristen Gettner is, is in the whooping cranes dugout. Um, I mean, for the team, I don't think it looks that different. I've been a part of the organization for a while, so they're used to seeing my face. I'm usually in the dugout with them anyways, um, keeping up with pitch counts and letting the guys know how they did. Of course, getting ragged on a little bit. You know, did you give me a hit on that? No, that was an error. I'm sorry. Um, so it wasn't too different for our team, but definitely uh, it changed a little bit because, you know, now I go up to the home plate to meet the umpires and meet the other team, and, and you get looks a little bit. It was just like, oh, our are you st standing in for the manager or, and I was like, no, I, I'm the manager like, Oh, and you know, some people kind of 
are a little shocked. Other people are really impressed by it. Um, so that I think that's been the thing that was the most different in the first game. And then as like the games go on, now I'm having to like fight for my guys. You know, they're like, you got to get out there. You know, these are bad calls. And definitely was a little nervous my first few times. But uh, but I mean, I have some of the best players, so they've made it very easy, a pretty easy transition. I mean, I was already helping with the lineups a little bit before um people letting people know what the the stats are and everything and who i think should go where um and then i've talked to the players for so long so i just know um where they like to be and uh played around with it a little bit in the beginning and did not make some good decisions um so it was nice to finally like settle in after a few games yeah and and you're working with some younger players who you know they're 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 new men right they're 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 adults um but their their parents are still a major part of that you know to anyone that doesn't know what it's like to to coach youth sports, you know, how much of a, of a challenge can that be at times or, or how much are you, you know, having, having the balance, what, what you say to a player versus uh, a parent and, and just kind of that, that back and forth where sometimes you might, might be put in the middle between what the player wants and what, what the parent wants and, and what you want might not even match that either. Oh, I'm pretty lucky. Not a lot of the parents come to our games. Uh, we do have a few uh, players who their parents will show up. Most of our guys, like we're 18W, which means we're um, 18 and up, wood bad. But most of our guys are in their like early 20s um, to late 20s. So I don't have to deal with parents as much. Uh, so it, that hasn't been a, a big deal. I think it actually is a good thing that I'm similar in age to all of them. Um, because I, I, I know where they're at in life. I mean, I know we, we hang out after games, we talk before games, we text. Um, so I, I think it's nice to have like a good relationship with my guys and they know that they can come to me and ask me things uh, and tell me things. And I, I don't know, there's not, I think it, it helps that I'm not uh, so much older than them and I'm not having to deal with parents all the time. Uh, just, it opens up better, I think, communication between everybody, so. How, how did you make that jump? Where, what was it? that's within you that said, you know, I want to, I want to do this. I want to get on the inside of the game and, and Hey, softball is great, but I, I, I'm a baseball person, so I'm going to do it. And there's no reason I shouldn't. What was that day? Do you remember that moment where you decided to say, I'm, I'm going to make this leap? Um, not really. I know that uh, our previous manager was also our starting pitcher. And so it's a little bit harder to be a player manager. Um, Sometimes he would leave himself in too long. Um, and then you can always, <laughs> and you can always like butt heads with your other players because you're the ones making the decision. And it's like, I would rather be the person that they get mad about um, for making a bad decision um, or a good decision. If they, you know, if they like it. But uh, I think it, during last season, it became a little bit much. And, you know, I've talked to Levy multiple times. I mean, I would help him with lineups. I'd, I'd let him know what his pitch count was at. Um, and I think he finally was just, was like, I don't, I don't think I want to do this next year. And I think you should take over. Um, and I, you know, got no pushback from any of the guys. Cause they, they know me, they know, I know what I'm doing and I know my stuff. Um, and I've been around them for so long. So there's definitely some mutual respect there. Um, so it was kind of a gradual process. And then it finally, like, I think the moment it hit me was during the first meeting at the Denver Naba. And I'm the only woman in the entire, like, um, I guess it was like a little meeting room, but you know, you have all the different um, leagues, you know, 18W, and then we have like A, AAA, AA, older groups. And when you're the only woman in there, it finally like hits you like, oh, I'm doing this. Okay. Uh, so I think that was more when it kind of hit me because before it never really felt real. I was already doing everything that I was for the team. Um, and then that was like the first moment where I took on a bigger role. 
And as you said, yeah, you were you were the only woman at, at that meeting. And you know, Matt Replinger, he he knows some people, reached out to MLB historian John Thorne and said, Hey, do you do you know about any other, you know, female managers that again, we we know in, in the game of, of Major League Baseball, we have yet to see it yet. Haven't seen in the minors, we've seen coaches, but you know, what's what's the the highest extent that we've had a, a female manager? And, you know, to, according to John Thorne. That might be you, like outside of Jenny Finch for maybe a, a game uh, coaching Team USA. You're you are number one. You are the the singular highest regarded manager, uh, female manager in in the history of baseball. Kristen, you, it, it comes with a lot of pressure. No? I mean, history. No, <laughs> I'm laying it on way too thick, but yes. that's, that's pretty impressive. When you heard that, were you a little bit shocked? Like obviously, someone else has had to do something like this before. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely shot. Matt, Matt has called me a few times and was talking to me about it. And I guess it didn't really hit me until he, you know, brought in the quotes from the historians. I was just like, this can't be true. And it might, and you never know, there might be somebody else out there who's done something similar and we just don't know about it yet. So I think it's really good for me to finally like have my name out there. So if somebody has done it, they can step forward. Or if there's somebody else who wants to do it and think they can't, they can like, oh, it's possible, you know? And it's, I mean, because... Denver NAB is a pretty serious organization. I mean, NAB is like all across the United States. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it, it's really cool. Um, and I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until Matt was like, no, this is a big deal. Uh, so I don't know. I, I guess that part still hasn't fully hit me yet. We haven't started our next season yet. Um, you know, we have a lot of work to do coming up with, um, our, with everything. So it just, I don't know if it's fully sank in yet, um, but I'm starting to realize how cool it is. Yeah, it's very cool. You can find more information over at DenverBrownsBaseballClub.com. And, you know, it, it, this news for you kind of, you know, comes on the heels of, of some, some big news uh, for other women in baseball. You know, we finally saw Kim Ang get appointed as uh, the general manager of the Miami Marlins after, you know, Gene Afterman and Raquel Ferreira, all assistant GMs of the Yankees and Red Sox, respectively. You know, a, a lot of other fantastic women in the game of baseball. Now we're finally seeing, you know, uh, female coaches on the field. Brianna Smith, the most recent one for Boston. How much of an inspiration do you think um, is this to you and 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 other women uh, around the game to say, hey, there there should be no limitations, and and finally we're getting an opportunity to do this. Uh, yeah, I think it's really. It was. I mean, when I found out about the Marlins GM, I was just like utterly shocked like that's something I would never have thought that would happen in my lifetime you know as a kid being raised around the game for so long I never I wasn't a guy so I loved watching the game we'd go my dad would always take me out of school not always but would take me out of school we'd go see Cardinals games you know we we really were invested as like a family which was really cool but I never thought it was something that like I could personally be involved in because you know I'm a woman and then not even just in baseball right now you know we had the first acting coach in the NBA we're going to have the first female ref in the Super Bowl um it's just been a really good year for women in sports i mean the NWHL is going on right now and they're picking up steam um yeah it's i mean all of that's just really cool to see and then like you know me on a lower level but i'm still doing something um in the sport that's new and i think i think that's really good and i hope more young women and men out there can see it and not think that they're limited by their gender and they can't get involved in baseball because they can't. Yeah. And I, I imagine it's gotta be really scary to 
to make that that leap and, and and like you know you touched on it already but you know i think for 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 any young woman out there um who wants to get in our, our michaela perkins is a great example where she loves baseball and, and she said well i want to do something with baseball so she volunteered and, and she was the statistician for her high school team and you know somewhere down the line she's working for the arizona diamondbacks and she's doing a fantastic job with our social media amongst other things here for dnvr and and it really just starts with that it, is that the vice that the advice that you would give to a young uh, young woman in this in this game or any game of just just go out there and and find a spot whether you're just keeping stats just just get yourself on the field so you just become familiar and know you know what there's there's good people out there they might not all be great but there's good people that are going to welcome you and and help you along in this endeavor i mean there's no role that's too small to start off in so i mean i went and got my degree at the University of Texas at Dallas and they have a D3 baseball team. And I wasn't involved in anything more than just preparing snacks for the you know players, but the coaches knew me and the players knew me. And it, you were, I was a little bit more involved and then it just grows from there. And like you said, like, I mean, it started off with me now just keeping score five years ago, um, you know, and, and then it developed into like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer, I love math. So I need to do more with this. So I started actually, you know, putting in the stats and letting the guys know and doing, you know, some just basic statistics. Then I got a little crazy with it. Um, and then it just grows from there. So there's nothing too small. There's no role too small um, to start off in because you never know who's going to see you. Um, you never know what, I mean, we were, I've been the whooping cranes and now we're in like a bigger organization with couple other teams so we can you know build on what we do. We can get some more arms in. we're not going to be as short on guys. I mean, last year was a little crazy with COVID and um, having just exactly nine men. And so it just, it, it evolves. And there's so, like I said, there's nothing too small that any um, woman can get involved in. Are you, are you going to be suiting up? If, if you get down to eight guys, if you're down to nine, I mean, you've got to get in the game, don't, don't you? <laughs> I always had my cleats in the car just in case. Um, but I, I've only actually played like beer league softball up in Boulder uh so it would have been very interesting if that would have been the case i never actually had a suit up um but you never know if we if if we're up by a lot or down by up maybe i'll just put myself in right field <laughs> always ready to make history again chris not I, I love that now um you know i i, you, I think you're a student now right mm -hmm. or you went, went back to school fantastic love that do you think that you you, you could make a career out of this could this be somewhere like Yes, you know, if the opportunities, you know, strike me, could I continue this? Or do you think, you know what, I, I, I love engineering and, and that is really where my passion is 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 most lying? Uh, that's a tough, tough question. I haven't really thought of that. I mean, what I do is I, I work in nanoscience, so I do a lot of nanofabrication. So I don't know how that actually translates into um into baseball. But the Houston I think Astros might have a job for you. If you're working in nanotechnology, I'm just going to put it out there. So you might be able to do both careers still, come to think of it. Yeah, maybe make some little tiny cameras from them so they don't have to use trash cans anymore. Maybe. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it'd be, uh, baseball's, I think, always been one of my number one passions. I mean, uh, my dogs are named Griffey and Melina. I remember being at the 2011 World Series. I remember crying after the 2006 World Series. I have the Cardinals tattooed on my body. Like, baseball's in my blood. I just, like I said, I always thought, like, as a woman, I had to do something that was outside of it. And I, but I think anybody with, you know, advanced degrees, um, they're just good at learning and that's what i'm good at so i feel like if they're if the opportunity presented itself um i think that would be really cool to get involved in it i know i have a friend who 
graduated with his PhD and now he's working in the Boston Red Sox organization. Um, and he was a physicist. And so I think that's just, it's really cool. Um, and so I think if the opportunity presented itself, I'm, I would jump at it because it is my number one passion. Yeah. Ba baseball is, is in your blood. It's in my blood. And, and now rugby might be in the blood of, of everybody in Colorado, because as you know, infinity park right here in Glendale, Colorado is known as rugby town USA. In fact, the facility has recently been designated the rugby town national training center home of the USA Eagles men and women's rugby 15 teams. Now, this is what's cool about it, is that the training center is experimenting with a new concept, training crossover athletes to be rugby players. It's what the USA bobsled team has done for years, and it's helped them produce several uh, silver medalists in the four-man bobsled. They won that in Sochi. They won the gold medal in Vancouver, and they had back-to-back -back silver medalists in the two-women competition. I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up bobsledding or in a bobsled league it's not necessarily one of those sports it's the same thing with rugby to an extent they, they got some rugby out there for the young people but it's a sport where they take some serious athletes and that's what usa rugby is doing taking these tremendous athletes make them switch it over to train up at infinity park right here in colorado so follow colton strickler and subscribe to the dnvr rugby podcast for the 101 on colorado's new favorite game and if you're looking to to make a degree and, 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 and get that master's or, or even get your bachelor, you know, either way. And, and you want to stay in baseball, uh, like Kristen did MSU Denver online. Now is the time to apply and register for classes because spring, some spring semester, it may have just begun, but if you use code DNVR sports, you do not pay an application fee. That's right. MSU Denver online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life like a glass ceiling breaking manager. You don't have to choose with MSU Denver Online. Remember when applying, ask for the application fee and drop code DNVR Sports in there and it will be completely free. Well, you, you teased it a little bit there, Kristen, about being a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Do you still root for the Rockies, but the Cardinals are number one? Yes, I do. I, now that I've lived here for, you know, about six years or so, uh, it's hard not to love the Rockies. You know, you go to a game and there's so many people there. I mean, I've lived in, I've lived in Dallas and I've lived in Houston and they weren't always filling their stadiums and the Rockies kind of do. I mean, cause they've made it more of a, like an event to go to like after work. Um, and then you also got to love the players. I mean, you know, Nolan Arenado, particularly, I love him. Um, but you, you just see good guys on the, the team and, so yeah, they've always been, they're now my number two team now that I live here, but I'm definitely a Cardinals fan. If you ever catch me at a game when the Cardinals are there, I will be in Cardinals red. And you might be in Cardinals red slash Arenado 28 Jersey. Um, because that's, that's the rumors right now. And, and right now with it being Friday, it's, it is of course free trade Friday where we take a look at, at some fairly balanced trades thanks to baseballtradevalues.com. We have one that we looked at earlier this offseason where Nolan Arenado goes to the Cardinals with a little bit of cash, of course, and the Rockies end up getting Matt Carpenter and Dexter Fowler along with prospect uh, starting pitcher Tony Losey. Now, Losey is, is kind of just a throw in there. I, I think he's right around the, the top 30. He might be just on the outside of the top 30, but as a Cardinals fan, Kristen, do you think this would be the type of trade that uh, benefits both the Cardinals and the Rockies? 
I mean, it would definitely benefit uh, the Cardinals because uh, we really, I think, need a third baseman. Uh, Matt Carpenter isn't the strongest at third base, and uh, <laughs> so. But it'd be, that'd be that. I didn't actually think about. I mean, giving Carpenter and Dexter Fowler, I think that would make a lot of Cardinals fans happy. Um, Dexter doesn't quite uh, make everybody on our uh, in our fan base the happiest with his performance. He's great to have in the dugout. He's a great guy to have around the uh, St. Louis. Him and his wife do so much for the community. Um, but he, like I said, he not a lot of fans are always happy with him. Uh, so I think that this would be a great trade for the Cardinals. I, it'd be interesting to see how it'd work out for um, the Rockies. Getting, I just that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, giving some of our um, other prospects like Herrera as a catcher because we have Kisner as a backup. That's if we sign Yadi or Molina. Um, and that or, seems like uh, it's it's going down. That seems like Molina should be coming I hope back. So. So that's positive. We just got Wainwright. Well, I heard he signed with the St. Louis Blues actually, but that must have been a typo. Uh, so it was really nice to get him back. And I mean, and him and Yadi are just like a dynamic duo. So it'd be great to be able to get him back. Um, it doesn't seem like he has too many options right now. I think they said the market's a little slow for him. Uh, so if we got him back, I'd be definitely down to part ways with one of our other catchers um, for the Rockies uh, or to give to the Rockies for Nolan. Um, the only issue I see that though is Mo's pretty stingy with his money. And so it'd be really interesting to then take on uh, Nolan's contract. I mean, he's what, 30 now? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to get him for what the next, is it another five years? Uh, so six, six, this, six. This so season will be six. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, it, him in his early thirties and there's nothing wrong with, uh, with that, but it, it would be, I'd be surprised with um, if the Rockies, if Mo made this trade and the, um, the Rockies didn't have to do something to pay for part of Nolan's contract just because of how Mo is. Yeah. And we saw something. Uh, I think what the Cardinals could do is, something similar to what the Yankees did with the LeMahieu deal because, you know, I, I, I wasn't convinced he was going to get his $100 million and the Yankees had to stay under the cap. So what they did is I think they ended up paying him a little bit more, but for a longer duration of time. I sort of see it as, you know, would, would you rather, DJ, would you rather get paid four years, $70 million, or six years, 80 Well, think about it. Those final two years, he's going to be 37, 38 years old. Is he going to make $10 million in free agency? No. So you know what? You're making 10 more than we really wanted to give you. Um, and the the Yankees don't really have to worry about the, uh, the the soft salary cap there. And so I think, you know, the Cardinals could probably even sit down and, and negotiate a deal with Nolan and say, all right, well, let's give you a, a nine-year deal. Um, you know, there's about 199 remaining uh, for the next six years, and we'll pay you you know, a 215. So you're making an extra $16 million out of this, but it lowers your annual value. Maybe you backload it a little bit. And then the Cardinals worry about, you know, uh, their, their payroll for the, the 2027, 28 season when they get there, because then at that point, a $30 million contract really won't be that bad. So they could get creative in that scenario. As you said, if, if money could be uh, a sticking point, if prospects are a sticking point, and, and that's one thing that is hard to do on uh, baseballtradevalues.com is there's, there's no tax for being a future Hall of Famer. So as much as that balances out, if you have Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter and a, and a, a low-level prospect for Nolan Arenado and some money, you go, ah, there should be at least another prospect in there. There's going to be that tax that'll go in. I don't know who it'll be exactly, but for you, uh, Dylan Carlson, or Nolan Gorman, if one of those two guys 
has to go in the deal. Is it is it Carlson or is it the other Nolan, Nolan Gorman? Uh, it'd be Gorman. I mean, it would make the most sense too, since he's a third baseman uh, for uh, for the Rockies to take him. Also, I mean, Dylan Carlson's projected to be rookie of the year probably for the NL. So he and if we did give up Dexter Fowler, you know, Dylan's an outfielder. Uh, so I think. I would be better. I would be more willing to part with uh, Nolan Gorman. I think Dylan Carlson's uh, trajectory is pretty great. And Gorman, I think, is is going to be ready, and uh, maybe even by the end of this year. So it wouldn't be mm-hmm. too long for Rockies fans to have to to wait to see their their next third baseman of the future. If it if it turns out it's not McMahon and who stays at at second base, but you're right, it makes more sense for the Cardinals because if they're trying to win now, and obviously an acquisition of Nolan Arenado would do that, you're going to want a young, you know, center fielder type uh, prospect of, of Dylan Carlson's caliber out there. Uh, Matthew Liberator is another guy, a young lefty. Nolan Gorman's best friend, too, uh, is a guy out there. If if it's Liberator or Gorman, again, would one more than, than another, do you think, has the higher upside for, for Cardinals? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, again, I think I would give up Gorman. I really like how Cardinals develop their pitchers um, and having – uh, Liberator be able to, if he comes up again this year, to have him work, if we get Yadier Molina back, to have him work with a catcher like that. I think the Cardinals just do a very good job at developing pitchers and making them better um, all around. And so I feel like he would bring more um, more benefit to the Cardinals in the long run if we have Nolan Arenado. I, I would give up uh, Nolan Gorman for sure. And and final question while, while we've got you here, the NL Central right now, not much is happening. Not, I, I think, I think as of yesterday morning, it was something like $3.7 million had been spent on free agents. Listen, do you hear that folks? That's how much money is being spent in the Midwest, which really makes it hard for Rockies fans to feel good about their club sneaking into the playoffs because you know, you got the Padres and Dodgers there, you know, in the NL East, you essentially got five teams that are going to be gunning for the East. And if there's only two wild cards, where do you fit in? We could see almost like an NFC East type situation in the NL Central because they're just, they're just not spending in the NL Central. Does anybody want to win this division, Kristen? I think I, I was wondering if they were just playing chicken to see who was going to make a move first. I mean, the Cubs were getting rid of so many of their good players and some of their, you know, their uh, veterans like John Lester not signing him. I mean, so uh, I just couldn't figure out what was going on for the longest time. I mean, I know Mo's always been stingy. Um, so it, I have no idea. Maybe they all just made an agreement and we're like, you know what, this will be an easier division this year. So I'm, I'm really hoping if we, if we get Nolan, since we haven't been spending and the Cardinals make money, I mean, we, we just make, we've always had the money. Um, so I think this would be like that big thing. It'd be interesting to see if the pirates really do anything. I don't think they will. Um, I know the reds aren't going to, um, uh, to resign Trevor Bauer. So that's kind of like a good guy for them. That's going out. Um, because I was really excited about the Reds last year. I really was. Uh, so I, I don't know. I have no idea how this division is going to turn out with the way things have been going. I mean, it could be anybody's division unless the Cardinals sign uh, Nolan Arenado. Then it's ours. I I think that that pretty much does become um the the slam dunk situation for them if if they they make that that big of an upgrade. Uh, and it sends a really good message uh, to their fans. So we'll we'll kind of wait and see. We'll we'll keep you posted here on the DNVR Rockies podcast. So Kristen, thank you so much again for joining us here today. Um, breaking glass ceilings, 
being an inspiration to folks all around the Denver metro area, uh, being, being a big baseball fan too, uh, we, we might have to have you back to get an update. Give us a scouting report. You know, I mean, the Rockies, they, they drafted a, a kid from, from, you know, one of their, uh, their, their prospect leagues that they looked at in Case Williams. Who knows? You might be giving us some scouting report on some whooping cranes that I, I don't know. You, you might be signing a guy from the Grand Junction Rockies. They're, they're an independent baseball league team now. Yep. There, there's a chance for any of that now. It, it, <laughs> it's all on the table with, with Kristen Gettner, manager of the South Park Whooping Crane. So thank you again for joining us. Again, keep it tuned uh, to DNVR Rockies podcast. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll get the full squad back together again. Looking forward to it. Uh, without further ado, Kristen, thank you again. I am at Patrick D. Lyons. Follow me. Follow us at DNVR underscore Rockies. And follow our guy at Drew Creaseman. We'll remain those names. And we'll see you at the ballpark pretty darn soon, I hope. Fingers crossed. We will see you at the ballpark.